I pray that the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strong rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, beloved in God, good morning. It is good to be in God's house. Amen. All right. Getting a little Baptist up in here. All right. I love it. We're going to have some fun today, folks. So St. Francis of Assisi is thought to have said, preach always, and if necessary, use words. Ironic, I admit. This often quoted passage speaks to the importance, however, of consistent loving kindness from those who follow the way of Jesus Christ. And so with that, I have a confession to make. I was literally on my way to preach, waiting for the train at New York Penn Station. I had just printed out my ticket and was trying to figure out if I had enough time to grab a quick lunch before my train began boarding. I'll admit that I was overwhelmed by the people buzzing past and the numerous announcements coming over the loudspeaker. Amidst the hustle and bustle, an older African-American man hobbled up to me, and a young woman was sitting next to me eating a bagel. He said, can you help a veteran get something to eat? No, sorry, I replied. There it was my moment to exhibit loving kindness, and I missed it. I immediately began feeling large amounts of guilt. I grew up Catholic, after all. That works way better in Boston than it does other places. And so I began justifying my decision. Well, he could get breakfast at St. Francis of Assisi across the street, and Holy Apostles Episcopal Church down the road, they have a, they have a lunch program. And, of course, I miss the point. We are given opportunities to love and to be in relationship with the poor, the marginalized, and the forgotten. Not because we have something to give, but rather because we have something to learn, and perhaps something to receive. I had an opportunity to receive grace. But I thought making my train and getting here to Concord was just more important than Jesus in disguise. So please know that your preacher this morning continues to fall short of the glory of God. Maybe one day I'll get there. Now you might be saying, oh, Brother Chris, don't be so hard on yourself. You can't do it all. And you are right. But today's scriptures are quite clear about where Jesus stands. This year, our lectionary has its reading from Luke's gospel, a gospel that is consistently rooting for the poor, the outcast, and the stranger. And today's did not disappoint. At first glance, this passage might be interpreted that Jesus wants us to be a doormat perhaps even allowing people to get away with abuse. It seems to infer that true Christian living is about doing whatever anyone else asks of us, 
no matter how hard it might be. But I just don't think that is what Jesus is getting at. Instead, Jesus is calling us to be merciful like God is merciful, to be the living embodiment of mercy. He is asking us to act as if each and every person is the very indwelling of God. Because they are. Each of you is beautiful. Not because of the designer clothes you have or because you smell nice. But simply because you are God's beloved child. You are likable not because of the degrees that you have earned or the vacation home that you have or the fancy car that you own. You are beautiful because you are God's beloved child. Now, with that said, if anyone has a very nice Audi convertible that they want to get rid of, 33 Mercer Street, Princeton, New Jersey, 08540. Just kidding. Mostly, just kidding. But back to the point. In our world, we often feel like we have to keep performing, keep doing more and more. We have to work faster and do more, have our kids or our grandkids get into the very best college, all to make just that most perfect Christmas card. And I think we all know that simply isn't what Jesus desires for our lives. Jesus instead desires that we root ourselves in the deep and abiding goodness of our God. Spending hours in silent prayer, immersing ourselves in God's expansive love, and then being the face of God's love to all whom we encounter. It's that simple. And that challenging. And so we come here week after week, or at least month after month, no judgment, to be reminded of God's loving care, God's expansive welcome, and to recall the love affair that God is inviting us into. And then we are called to be that face of love to the most unexpected people even in the moments of our lives when we just have to catch that train to Boston. That's where God shows up. To remind me that I'm just not that important. That mercy, compassion, and empathy, love, a self-sacrificial love where I love until it hurts and then keep loving, that's where we are called to be. And that's hard. And so we come here because we need each other to lean on. In our reading from Genesis, we pick up the story of Joseph. Yes, the same Joseph in the amazing Technicolor dream coat, that guy. Sold into slavery out of jealousy by his older brothers. They are now coming to him because they're starving and they need help. Shocked to see the success that he has reached, they are rendered speechless. They have come face to face with their own sinfulness. And Joseph does not ignore it and say, that's okay that you sold me into slavery. You know, boys will be boys, I guess. No. He calls them out for their sinfulness. He holds them accountable and then invites them into a new mutuality. A kinship. 
where God most readily dwells. No longer politician and hungry men, they are brothers, renewed, restored, reconciled. And perhaps in one of my favorite lines of the Bible, Joseph tells them what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. How good is that? How many of us have been hurt deeply, wounded beyond that which we thought we could handle, or perhaps we've done the wounding? God tells us not in some trite Hallmark card kind of way, although I love Hallmark cards. Again, you have my address. But God tells us not in some trite way, but never ignoring the deep pain of the situation, but instead God talks to us in a profound awareness of the depth of the trauma we experience. God tells us, I'm not done with you yet. What someone meant for evil, I will turn into goodness. And that is what Jesus is inching us towards in the Gospel of Luke today. This is not a Jesus who ignores the deep pain of human relationships, nor is it a Jesus who invites us to be a doormat. This is a Jesus who says, love people. Against all the odds, even when love seems like the silliest and most ridiculous idea, love, love, love. Over and over again in the Gospels, we see a Jesus who upsets the, the proverbial apple cart. He sets his eyes towards Jerusalem. He knows that his life, his loving kindness is going to get him killed. This is not a surprise to him. He willingly walks unto death. And now we might think, well, surely he, he didn't think he would be killed like that. Not such a violent way. And yet crucifixion was used regularly to intimidate and punish, to shame people into submission, so that in the future other people would not dare step out of line in quite the same way. Jesus would have often seen people crucified, for there were times when crucified people lined the streets. Jesus would have seen people treated as garbage and used as an example to ensure that those in power stayed in power. And still, Jesus willingly walked unto his own death. And yet we know that what humans meant for evil, God used for good, for on the third day, now this is your moment, all right? I'm going to audience participation. On the third day, what happened? That was way better than the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> now don't tell them. I love all y'all equally, but I'm just saying. And we're here because of that resurrection. This wasn't just another prophet who had some cool teachings. This was a man deeply rooted in the love of God, who above all else wanted to tell you, I have loved you 
with an everlasting love. And so when we are asked to turn the other treat, the other cheek, it is dramatic theater. Inviting the one who slaps us into an inconceivable love. When we give our jacket to the point that we are cold, we are invite, we invite the naked into a love that is beyond human comprehension. When we respond in love, when everyone would understand if we hated, we invite the perpetuator of that hatred into new ponderings on the goodness of God. This is a love that cannot be explained or taught. It has to be experienced and demonstrated. We're invited into that love. And we're expected to give that love away. That's why it matters that I buy a lunch for the homeless veteran at Penn Station. Because it's an opportunity to invite all of us into a deeper knowledge of God's love. It doesn't matter that he can eat somewhere else. That was the moment given to me. Had I responded in love, I I would have been reminded of my own hunger for God. He would have been reminded that God is love. And he would see that this love shows up in the loving kindness of people. Instead, I said, no, sorry. No, sorry. I guess I don't want God's love to show up today. So, beloved people of the Trinity Church, please learn from my mistakes. Be the living witness of God's love. Give freely, even when the Franciscan friar from New Jersey messes it up. And perhaps then, when we least expect it, grace will show up, inviting all people into communities of kinship such that God might recognize them. Please, show me up. Remind me how it's done. For alleluia, Christ is risen. Now let's start living the resurrection. Amen.